to reverse cow. <laughs> I mess this up every single time because my podcast name is so tongue twistery. Reverse cowgirl. Reverse cowgirl podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Reverse Cowgirl Podcast. Um, I'm Taya. I'm here with Abigail. We are trying to figure out how to make sure you can tell our voices apart. I think that we're going to go with the accent. <laughs> Quite honestly, I feel like that's the only way that we can do it. And then maybe you can pretend that I'm like Kate Blanchett or something. Oh my God. I don't know. I feel like that's the best option. I keep dropping out of it though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend I'm Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence trying to do it. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm here with Jennifer Lawrence. I'm so honored to have you on my podcast, Miss Lawrence. Yeah, thank Ms. you. Miss Katniss Everdeen. I, I don't know how she talks, to be honest. But you're doing the face right. Thank you. <laughs> like, for the listener's reference. Yeah. Abigail's doing the Jennifer Lawrence face. I look immaculately. exactly like Jennifer Lawrence, actually. Just picture me as her, and uh, you'll be able to tell us apart. Well, maybe don't picture... No, don't picture me sitting beside Jennifer Lawrence, because that's well, intimidating no, to me. I'm Jennifer Lawrence. You're Natalie Portman. Obviously. Oh. Okay, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, thanks for tuning into our celebrity podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse cowgirl, is it? It is, it Aww. is. Um, I haven't, like, explained the name on the podcast yet. I'm not sure if I have to, honestly. Oh my god, please tell me. I want to hear. Okay. Like, where did you, where did you come up with the name? <laughs> Don't use your beer bottle as a mic when we've got a microphone. <laughs> what are we drinking tonight? Ooh, tonight we have a double blanche de lac. We have a lake white, du- double lake, double lake. white of the lake. Yeah, like a white fish. And it is from boreal, uh, boreal, like the boreal forests. Abigail's the um, alcohol connoisseur. Every time I have a party, I invite her not because she's <laughs> fun to spend time with, but because she makes cocktails for us out of the poor alcohol choices I make. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, really, whatever I've got in my fridge, she just does something magical with it. Yeah. And I'm glad that's my only inherent value to you. Me too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Are we about to make out right now? <laughs> that's toxic, yes. <laughs> it's called our first cowgirl because I'm... It was supposed to be cowgirl podcast, because I am an Alberta cowgirl. I don't know. Because I'm from Alberta. And yeah. I love the little cowgirl scene. That's true. Um, but everyone was like, they won't get that it's a sex thing if you just put cowgirl. Oh, that's true. Reverse cow- clever. I don't know. I feel like people would have gotten it if it was just cowgirl. Mm-hmm. And then you reverse, reverse through Canada to one of the oldest cities in Canada. That's true. I'm in Montreal. That For anyone who doesn't know. Yeah don't know i don't know who my listener base is no. <laughs> i don't know where we are to be honest how'd you get here i teleported that's nice yeah it was fun teleportation and bartending my only two skills <laughs> those are pretty epic skills if that's all you've got up your sleeve i wouldn't be complaining uh so we're here to talk about sex today um, I feel like Abigail and I have talked about sex quite a bit, but there's always room for more. Yeah. I have a big mouth, bigger pussy, <laughs> and I like to talk about it. 
so that's why <laughs> just like just about your pussy yeah all right well we'll get to the butt stuff later but... <laughs> <laughs> okay i was just talking about uh labia mm. oh i love labia i me too yeah. i just recently learned what the inner and outer labia actually means because i knew that i had inner and outer labia mm. but i finally took the time to like actually apply it to my life oh <laughs> and i was like oh shit my two labia look so different yeah oh my god like one is like you know just regular skin and then the other one's just like hey i'm a little shiny little little pinky little cute thing. very cute yeah it is mine kind of looks like um a decorative lettuce decorative lettuce like those ones that you plant in oh. your garden for the looks oh i was thinking about the ones that you put on a plate that you're not actually supposed to eat at restaurants also like, kind of like that too. you get like fish and chips or something <laughs> they'll like that too but bigger it's not small oh, okay yeah fair oh yeah no me too to be honest i i would say i have a medium-sized pussy i lied a little bit earlier i tend to do that a lot um first lie of the night first lie of the night everybody <laughs> breaking Stay her tuned in <laughs> to find out what i lie about next um yeah, no, medium-sized. Yeah. God, I wonder if... I'm just really excited to have this intimate relationship with all of these people that are going to listen to this. <laughs> this is really exciting. I'm going to put a poll in the stories on the Instagram account and be like, how big is your pussy? Really? <laughs> Tune in to find out how big ours are. <laughs> medium? <laughs> the least exciting answer? <laughs> Honestly. I would say, yeah, though, like, pretty medium. I feel like I was always like, oh my god, my vagina is so huge. <laughs> beef jerky curtains, roast beef curtains, I think is what they're called often. I've never heard that, but I could see it. Roast beef curtains. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I mean, that's what they're there for. But then I realized. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean? <laughs> people eat them, you see, and also they do cover port into your as a normal body. roast beef sandwich does to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> well if they're roast beef curtains they're oh, edible and functional i love <laughs> i love munching down on a nice curtain <laughs> <laughs> this is a good segue into my lack of sexual experience <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like, I would like to say that I would love it. I love the idea of it, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, tell us, tell the listeners straight up. What is your my problem? Your, yeah, your dark and dirty secret. Well, my fatal flaw is is I'm a bisexual woman. Um, who <laughs> that's it. Period. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the end of the story. But I'm a bisexual woman who actually hasn't had sex with a woman. So that's my, that's my quirk. You mean a fake? Yeah. I'm kidding. That was a joke. I'm, Honestly. Guys, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a fake, I'm a fake bisexual. I do it for the attention. <laughs> um, I love putting myself in very torturous situations where I go on dates with girls. It's super anxious for me to stare at each other from across the room, from opposite ends of the couch, whatever given situation, even though we're alone and can totally have the opportunity to like make out. And then we just don't, and then we text each other about it afterwards, and then I get cold feet and I ghost her. Whoa. 
But that's a different problem to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's got to do with the bisexuality. <laughs> no, it's just my deep, deep, anxious attachment style. But it's cool. We're working on it. Um, but yeah, no, it's gotten in the way of like me actually having sex with a woman. Like, obviously, when I was a kid, I feel like I fooled around with a lot of school friends that I had. And like... But that's, that's not something I would count. It's like the same... It's like when I talk about like you know having like relationships or like falling in love with somebody like I don't count all of my schoolyard crushes because I don't think I was like fully cognizant of what was going on Mm. but I always count the ones like after I was like 16 17 you know after that point on I feel like those feelings are a lot more reliable so like with like hookups and stuff I feel like I've only I mean I'm not gonna say like oh yeah my first I lost my virginity to a girl when I was seven years old (laughs) Like, that just sounds wrong. And it's totally wrong, because I don't remember most of it. Mm. But, I mean, it was part of me knowing that I, like, have always just wanted to do that. Yeah, I almost wish there was a different name for that. Because I also have, like, formative experiences where Mm -hmm. I'm like, that wasn't sex per se, Mm -hmm. but it definitely felt like I had a first with somebody. And there's not really any way for me to express that or, like, the magnitude of its importance in my development Mm -hmm. like are you meaning like as a kid yeah yeah like not yeah I wasn't even that young like it was Mm -hmm. high school okay but it wasn't full-on sex which is weird because I consider my first time having sex with a girl anyways and a lot a lot of people would be like that's not sex (laughs) but there was no penis there it's not (laughs) sex yeah yeah so I I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't matter no. Because nobody, nobody's going to think I had sex anyways. Yeah. So I can call it whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. And that's what purity culture gets wrong, everybody. <laughs> I'm so glad we finally came. <laughs> we, we, we cracked it on this podcast. We came. We <gasps> came on this podcast. I thought that's what you just said. I mean. I'm so glad we finally came. <laughs> Me too. That's actually how we end the podcast. <laughs> That's it. We didn't come to any conclusions, but we did come. <laughs> God. What a great time. Thank you for having me, Taya. This is really great. I'm going to head out now. Go take a cold shower. Um, Woo! <laughs> I don't know. We are home alone. Just, just two bisexual girl, girls girl. and theys. Girls and theys. Oh, yeah. That's, by the way, my pronoun she, they. Um. And my pronouns are she, her, she, she. <laughs> that was my <laughs> first name. You were so in much uncertainty. Because <laughs> I was about to say she, she. Oh, she, she. <laughs> I was like, fuck, what's my second one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So, I mean, it's important information to know, but. It is, yeah. Just, yeah. The other day, Abigail came over to, I think it was Christmas, and. She actually, like, stopped everyone. We were all, like, chatting in, like, different rooms. And she was just like, hey, everyone, what are your pronouns? <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, echoed throughout the house. And we're all like, he, he, his, she, hers, she, theys. And it was a really nice, like, it was so unintrusive. And oh, so, okay. I, no, I'm not sitting here about to be like, <laughs> it was really? fucking annoying. Honestly, since that point, I was super insecure about it. Like, I think about it probably once a day where I'm like, why did I have to do that? Really? No, I liked it. Oh, okay. 
Okay, good. No, I thought it was good. Like, because I, being cis, I just don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not against anyone else thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I think it's good to think about it. I know some people who would be against thinking about it, but... Yeah. Yeah. And that's a weird energy to be into. (sighs) Like, I've had those conversations with people where they're like, if someone is obviously female presenting why would she have she hers in her bio on instagram isn't that weird um they, they said it in a meaner way than i just said it <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like why do you have to take that energy into this though like does it affect you does it matter i want you to jewel right into the mic <laughs> i really hope that didn't ruin your point because that's a very valid point no that made the point more important okay cool um, but I, I agree entirely. Like the thing that people often get wrong is that gender identity and gender expression are two separate mm. things. Um, I mean, I literally, I saw this TikTok the other day. Um, and it was literally like, I love that the lesbians are leading in fashion right now. I love that the lesbians are leading in fashion. But if you straight people do not get those cargo pants off your straight legs, I swear to God, (laughs) it makes it so hard for us. And, like, the thing is, is, like, it's kind of true. Like, people often, like, throughout history have associated, like, kind of, like, those clues, especially within the gay community of, like, picking up on, like, how you look and, like, being, like, and I mean sexual, sexuality and, like, gender identity and expression are different things as well, but, like, people are so tied to those visual cues, right? Yeah. And it makes trans people and non-binary people feel as if they have to express themselves in a specific way in order to be valid in their gender identity. Mm. And so fuck it. Everybody use pronouns in your Instagram bios. Like, you don't have to, but, like, honestly, it's comforting. Like, I I consider myself non-binary. I'm not at the point of considering myself trans, yet who knows my brain's a wonderful place to be (laughs) um but like it is comforting to see people's pronouns in their bios and then I just know and I don't have to stop everybody in the middle of Christmas Eve dinner making (laughs) and scream it throughout an entire household asking what everyone's pronouns are no I liked it (laughs) it like broke the ice also it was exciting for me for me because I didn't like I've been your friend for a little bit now, so I wouldn't be checking your bio for that shit. Yeah, exactly. So it was, like, helpful for it to be brought up and brought to my attention Mm -hmm. in that way. Well, and that's another thing, too. I've never really felt like I've had to come out, per se, in my life. Like, with my bisexuality and with uh, my gender identity and stuff like that, I've never, like, been like, oh, I'm coming out today. The whole world needs to know that I am now she, they. (laughs) And this is how I associate, because I'm someone who often changes her mind. Like, not necessarily about my sexuality, but, like, especially with this whole gender identity thing, it was a big thing that I've been thinking about for so long in my life, like, so long, that I was like, you know what, I'm going to timidly put this out here and just kind of, like, quietly let, like, the people closest to me know, and then, you know, it will eventually catch on, because, I mean, I'm also doing it in a way where like I don't necessarily have to correct people because it gives me anxiety Mm. like if someone does call me like she her I'm not gonna be like I'm actually they them which there's nothing wrong with that definitely correct people if they get their pronouns wrong Mm. get your pronouns wrong but like 
I don't know. It just, it took the pressure off of me. And same with my bisexuality. I like, I grew up in a super strict Christian household. There was no way in hell I was like going to come out to my parents. But because of who I am, I would like casually mention things in conversations. Like I remember in the 10th grade, like I was out for coffee with my stepmom and I was talking about this person I had a crush on and she was like saying, oh, like, what is he like? What is he like? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, actually it's a she. And I just went on. Like, didn't even give her a chance to stop and ask me any questions. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, it's a girl. And then, like, continued on. And just, like, I always felt like I did it in a way where I just had to force people to accept it and not give them any space to question it because I just, I couldn't take it. Because mm. I already I already have that cyclical thinking in my head constantly. I'm constantly overanalyzing everything that I do and say and how I present myself and, you know all of the little things all the way down to my sexuality where it's just like god i just i give it enough to myself i don't need it from other people absolutely so i don't know i guess that's the reason why i didn't really come out but i did end up calling my mom this past summer um to have an official conversation with her about my sexuality because i was really nervous that if i didn't end up meeting a girl and I wanted to bring her home and like to meet everybody that it would be uncomfortable and they would not be nice to her or they would not be nice to me and it would just like break my heart so I just needed that assurance that if that did end up happening that I would be safe and my girlfriend would be safe Mm. and so I did have that conversation I was anxious as shit but you know she she was like you know what it's you whatever love you praying for you you know, the whole Christian thing, let it do. God bless you. You're going to hell. Uh, no, she didn't say that. My sister did last week, but, like, it's fine. That's another story. Do you want <laughs> We can uh, take a break and uh, talk about that later, or... Yeah. It's getting a little heavy. What should we talk about now? Butt stuff? <laughs> I love talking about butt stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about butt stuff? I like it. <laughs> I can't lie. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, it scares me, but God, I love the fear. <laughs> I love just at any moment, my partner would be like, oh my God, I have to go wash my hands. You know, like, <laughs> is that what scares you about it? Oh, definitely. Like, I know there's things that you can do. Like, I know you enema blah 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 clean your butthole blah 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 like obviously but sometimes you just don't want to do that and sometimes you come home from the bar with your partner super drunk and you're just like stick it in yeah and it feels great and it's fun and i haven't had any like bad mistakes or any bad mistakes bad accidents or anything like that like i've never had an experience like that thank god uh knock on wood um (laughs) i bet that was really good asmr with this mic yeah (laughs) but like um I, I don't know. I feel like if I am, again, like preferably like a little bit drunk. Yeah, it's, I feel like it is better when you're drunk, mm-hmm. at least for me. Because like, I think for me in the beginning, it hurts a little bit until you get used to yeah. it. Although I have noticed that if I like work my way up to penis size, it hurts less, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, it still hurts a little bit when you're starting out. So I think being drunk helps with that. Definitely. And, like, I've always just been, like, take it slow. It's fine. And I've never actually done it um, without 
like having been in a sexual relationship with a partner for a while because mm-hmm. like don't get me wrong I am a freak but um it takes, <laughs> it takes me a bit to get there and like I don't know sexual compatibility is such a thing like yeah it's also such a big trust thing for mm-hmm. me like I have aftercare after sex every time mm-hmm. which for me is just like cuddling talking um whatever it may be mm-hmm. and getting snacks <laughs> like but for after anal I definitely have more aftercare because it's such a vulnerable position to be in like mm-hmm. if your partner decides to like all of a sudden go harder for some reason or like yeah ch- start to prioritize their pleasure over yours in that yeah. position it'll hurt yeah oh definitely definitely it's so. like something that you have to be very mindful of which is funny that we say oh you should it well you shouldn't you shouldn't have to be drunk but like you know it, it feels better if you're drunk but then it's also be mindful but yeah it's like this weird yeah. tender all the stars have to align for me like it's never really a night where i'm like oh my god yes i want to do anal mm. like i'm not like oh on tuesday night um at 7 p.m anal time <laughs> like i don't schedule it out it, it will happen if we're in the mood for it but that's the thing is i feel like both partners both really want it yeah like both really have to want it mm-hmm. um in order for it to like you know, be good. Um, besides from that, like, I've had just, like, first-time hookups try and stick their fingers in my ass, and, Whoa. like, I hate that. Like, it's Yeah, I don't so think I'd be comfortable with that either. I've never had that, but I feel like I wouldn't. Yeah, like... Like, I, without asking? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Like, Super scary like who thinks that's okay like i understand like maybe like going down to like give like a light choke hold or something for the first time like you should ask ask for sure first but like if someone did that to me without asking first and i kind of like gave visual cues or like gave him like actual like cues that i was like okay this is good for me that's fine but like finger in the butthole like who is ballsy enough to do that like I would never. That no. Would, like, what if I just started to do that to all of the men that I slept with? <laughs> like, <laughs> first hookup ever, and I try to, like, lick their anus. <laughs> when I'm like, no, just don't worry, babe, you're gonna love it. <laughs> Which they would, probably more than I would. <laughs> but you don't do that to somebody. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. That's crazy. Although, yeah. I was not aware how crazy guys were like right now because mm. I'm not I'm not having sex with a bunch of different people right now but I've been listening to my single friends stories and just the lack of consent going on is insane yeah. to me we got you know back in 2016 we got the me too movement and we're still struggling with just them getting the concept of you know, a woman will tell you or, you know, your partner will tell you when they want to have sex with you. They will audibly agree to it or they will, you know, like it's consent is something that has to happen between two people to start sex. Mm. Now we're finally getting to the part where it's like, well, when you want to do weird things to people in bed, you also have to ask about that. It's literally like teaching toddlers and it sucks and it shouldn't be the way that it is at all. But like, that's how, I don't know, like... Some guys, given, like, have been really sweet to me, and sometimes a little too sweet, and I'm not turned on anymore, and that's, that's fine, too. But, like, 
Yeah, no, it's insane sometimes. Just, like, the expectations and just, like, the sheer disregard for the other person that you're having sex with still to this day when, like, pop culture has been ramming it into our heads for, like, also, five years like, now. Also, there's, like, mandatory sex ed training. Like, for I go to Concordia mm-hmm. and Concordia in Montreal, and um, we had, like, a mandatory, like, every student and every staff member had to take consent training and we like couldn't enroll for classes unless we'd taken it so it's not like the resources aren't there yeah well and i feel like that kind of stuff is relatively new and i remember when i was in school they'd always have like the touring groups of people that would go around talking about like sexual assault and consent and everything like that and especially because of greek life on campus Mm. etc but the thing is is i mean i think it's true with anything in life that a lot of this kind of stuff has to be taught to us in our formidable years of like being younger mm-hmm. not saying that adults can't learn things but to have the proper instincts to like you know share or to ask before you do something or you know like get permission to do things like it has to be taught at a really young age and I feel like that's where a lot of the adult population now was missed because I remember growing up in like elementary junior high high school our sex ed was like shit and i didn't go to a christian school i went to a full public school Mm. and like you'd expect it to be a little bit better but like where i was it just it wasn't we learned how to put in a tampon we learned what a period was we learned whoa i never got that that's crazy really yeah (laughs) i'm like god our sex ed was shit you're you're sitting next to me i was in wow i was in like a very christian french school oh okay okay um, so that's probably why, uh, I had, also my parents didn't have a sex talk with me. They just bought me a book and mm. I was supposed to read through it. And if I had questions, I was supposed to ask them, but like what kid's gonna ask their parents, you know? Hey mom, what's that anal sex like? <laughs> um, I don't think that was covered, oh, but. <laughs> In your primary book? Really? <laughs> the mine, but. Um, the tampons? really scared me mm-hmm. tampons scare a lot of people though i still know people who are like fully grown adults who don't put tampons in because they don't know how or it hurts or whatever um i feel like i should be scared of tampons just because it can what is that called uh where uh, it like paralyzes you no <laughs> me getting ptsd from wearing a tampon i have ptsd from wearing my tampons um fuck i don't know it poisons your blood that's what I know. It's a blood blood disease. Hmm. Blood infection. Something yeah. Like that. This is the part where I like remind people that I have no idea what I'm talking about. But just know that tampons can paralyze you. Maybe <laughs> research it. I don't yeah, know. You can like lose limbs and shit. Yeah. It's very rare, but it is very rare. Not to scare and I don't you. want Yeah, don't fear monger. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> and I don't want people to be afraid of tampons because like I love using tampons. It's my go to. Yeah. Um I was a swimmer for my whole upbringing Mm -hmm. and so tampons were like a must yeah and it's so weird to me that people don't know how to insert them properly and there's not really a resource for them Mm. to learn yeah that's true i mean like i kind of i mean my mom but like not everybody has moms or people that can teach them like actually i feel like there's more now especially with the internet and like Mm. kids having access to the internet so young but what i didn't know my 13-year-old self, 12-year-old self, I can't even remember how old I was, um, was that I had a deviated hymen. 
Whoa. I know. So That's kind of fun. It's a little bit funky, a little bit fresh. <laughs> so basically, you have like your hole. I'm going to try and <laughs> describe this, I guess. Your hole? Your hole. <laughs> but picture it as a hole. And over this hole to like one or the other side of it is like this small little flap of flesh that's like partially covering it. And like it changes in like whatever as you have sex or as you're using tampons or you're horseback riding. Um, it will like change and everything like that. Yeah, like basically as you grow and as you move and as you live, it can like yeah, break, stretch. Yeah, so like if you know what like the labia minora is, it's like an even smaller labia minora right at the entrance of your vaginal canal, but just like to one side. And uh, it's supposed to just be to one side, but mine is kind of like off to one side, but then there's also a hole on the other side of it, so it's like, so it's like I have like a line of skin. <laughs> so disgusting to talk about. And no, it's not. It's beautiful. <laughs> Vaginas are beautiful things. Um, it's like this line of skin, I guess, that kind of like goes over like the entrance to my vagina and has like an opening on both sides. Like one opening is bigger than the other. So obviously I'm having sex through the large. <laughs> I don't, it's not like I think about it this much, but it just happens. Like it doesn't get in the way during sex or anything like that. But the first time I ever used a tampon, I obviously didn't know I had this and I finally had psyched myself up to use this tampon like right at the end of my period which mm. you shouldn't do especially if it's your first period and you don't really understand what you're doing but I was like no I'm gonna put this tampon in barely bleeding and so I put it in wore it for four hours and I was like all right time to take it out could not get that tampon out Whoa. for the life of me could not like you were you had a firm grasp of the string and you couldn't pull it out no it was not coming out and <gasps> it was hurting so bad when I was trying to pull it out and I was like I don't understand like what's going on I don't understand why it hurts so bad and then I finally went to my mom and I was like mom I was like well, there's a tampon stuck inside of me I don't know what's going on I can't get it out and it hurts and my mom of course was like what the fuck are you talking about this shouldn't happen yeah so she tried to coach me through the door and eventually it turned into me like laying spread eagle on my mom's bed <laughs> and my mom like looking at my vagina trying to get this tampon out and like finally after so long, she got I'm getting a little bit gaggy just thinking about it but she got her and my stepdad's lube out of the <laughs> bedside table drawer oh my god to give to me so that I could try and, like, put it on and, like, get the tampon out. And eventually it came out. But then it wasn't until I was getting my IUD and literally, like, ten years wait, later. Wait, let's just pause because... Oh, yeah. I live near a major highway. I <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. So it wasn't until um, I was getting my IUD and, like, I think it was probably seven or eight years later. I don't know. I was, like, 20 years old or something that I finally learned... That the reason why I've always had difficulties with tampons and that they get like weirdly stuck in my vagina and I have to like sometimes like loop the string through like an extra skin. Whoa. I know. Fucking weird, but I've just never thought. I was like, it's fine. That's a normal vagina. Because like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I was like. That's because we have no tampon education. So you're like. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's, there's no standard vagina. Everyone's vagina is different. So mm -hmm. I was just like, well, I mean, everybody's vagina has this thing. But I eventually found out my OBGYN when looking at my vagina was like, oh, you have a deviated septum. Wow. That's really yeah. cool. No, I mean, it septum, sucks. A deviated septum, a deviated hymen. <laughs> have I said septum this entire thing? I don't know. I'm, I, don't, I have no idea. That's so embarrassing. Oh <laughs> I 
was putting tampons up my nose at a very young age, okay? God. That's cool. Yeah, so. I didn't know that could happen. Yeah. Well, and he gave me the option to, if I wanted to, like, surgically, like, cut it. Yeah. And I was like, honestly, I'd prefer to just, like, it doesn't bother me that much. Like, it doesn't get in the way of sex. And, like, I figured out how to use tampons with it. So I would rather spare the scar tissue in my vagina and just, like, live with it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fucking weird, but... Has it... Has putting tampons in become easier now that you know what's going on and you can, like, just move them to the right side? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and sometimes they'll, like, shift, like, when I when they're in me and I'll, like, go to pull it out and I'll be like... Oh. And I'll have to, like, pull the skin out. Like, it's so Whoa. weird. It's so weird. Like, and I'm... I mean, men are unfamiliar with vaginas or the cis men that I date have been so like no one has ever said anything and been like oh your vagina has this weird piece of skin because I just yeah. don't think they I care. mean I feel like they're also not like looking close enough yeah like I know if I'm going down on a girl I'm not like looking in the vagina I'm like <laughs> I, in my head I'm like oh fuck what's my tongue gonna do <laughs> <laughs> me performing a whole pap smear <laughs> before yeah i'm like i just care about your health so much i'm sorry this is killing the mood but we have to chat yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah so that's my that's my vagina inside and out wow yeah thank you for that tour yeah. house tour house tour <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's fun yeah. i remember for so long i was like I didn't really believe the hymen existed. Mm. And for, in some people it doesn't. Like, in some people yeah. you literally just don't have one. Yeah. Um, which is why it's ridiculous to check, to see if it's been broken, to check if people are virgins. But that's, like, a whole... There's literally no difference. There's so many reasons why yeah. that's ridiculous. But aside from that, I was convinced that I didn't have one for so long because I couldn't remember it ever breaking. Mm. And then one day I realized that it had broken, but I was on my period. Mm -hmm. And so I just, like, didn't notice. Oh. But I was, like, thinking back, and I was, like... I was, like... It was just this one time when I was a kid, and I was, like, using... What was I using? I was using some household object as a dildo. Definitely. Oh, fair. Yeah. Um, I think it That's might have been, like, a... Like a shaver. Oh. <laughs> Not the razor part. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. Oh, but sorry the for clapping. <laughs> um, you're... Because the microphone was like, oh my god. It <laughs> maxed out. Um, um, no, it was like the shaver handle that had like a, like a flat soft pot part that was like meant for your hand to hold. Yeah. But I was like, that's perfect for me. Yeah. Um, and I was using that and I was like going at it pretty hard. And then I was like, there's blood here. Oh, I've started my period. But looking back on it, I'm like, oh yeah, I did have a hymen, and it was yeah. like a really fun, exciting thing for me. Does I was it? like, I broke my own. That's exciting. Okay, fair. Aw, that's so sweet. <laughs> and it was sweet. That's the ultimate self love. Breaking, <laughs> breaking your own your hymen. Own. <laughs> <laughs> but like scientifically speaking, I don't, or medically speaking, I guess I don't think hymens actually like break. Like people have this image of them like ripping in half or some <clears> shit <throat> like that, or like this like covering. It's like this film over your vagina that's just like rips open yeah like when you have sex and like it stretches i think but i don't and some of them actually do rip yeah like mine definitely did because yeah. there was blood yeah and, and i've think, never had i think blood. mine did too on the first time i had sex but i that was um i'm just gonna disclose now my first ever boyfriend had a huge dick um <laughs> stop flexing on us there <laughs> 
But I did lose my virginity in the backseat of my mom's Ford Flex in the mall parking lot. Whoa. Before math tutoring one time. Before math? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, not before math class, but before my tutoring for math. Was it your tutor? No, it was my uh. boyfriend. I lost my virginity to a boy I dated for three years. Wow. So for three years, that was the only sex I knew. It was fun. I mean, that's nice, though. Yeah, I guess it's sweet. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm I'm honestly better for it. It was nice to be able to, like, discover a bunch of things while in a relationship. Like, and, with like, that with trust. trusting partner. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was nice. But I think it definitely, like, I mean, going back to me being a bisexual woman who hasn't had sex with women is, I think that's part of it, is because I only came to terms with my bisexuality when after I started dating him and Mm. like I obviously for three years was monogamous and so I just never even really had the opportunity to like experiment in high school like I never had any of those classic experiments or anything experiences or anything like that and so you know I just that that was the only sex that I knew like cis heterosex was the only sex I knew Mm. and it's been the only sex that I know. No, now, no, now. It's been <laughs> no, the that only was sex right. That I know. And I think it's just it's because it's a comfort. Like I'm, I'm a creature of habit. Like what can I say? It's comfortable. I think men for me are like easy. I I have really bad anxiety, and so, I mean, even though I get anxious on the first dates with men, too, I kind of already know what to expect and know how to be and like you know acts like I'm very used to that I've been sexually active for almost seven years now so like oh my god for seven years when did you start when I was 16 yeah that's I think that's an average age right yeah yeah that's like average but I'm just thinking like seven years of sex (laughs) seven's my lucky number by the way so yeah but um congratulations thanks um (laughs) I need to blow my nose and also pee can I come back and finish the point? No, you, it, as soon as you step off this couch, you can't come back. It's the Taya yeah, show. Gonna piss my pants, <laughs> real quick, and then blow my nose on your couch, and then leave. And I won't finish my point. I love. It. <gasps> okay, it's just my water bottle. We're all good. We're all good. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um. This is a good beer, but I'm not a beer person, and I'm drinking it to seem a little bit cooler in front of Abigail, because she's like a typical cool cool girl. She's got a bunch of cool tattoos. Uh, her hair is like slicked back in a way that's intimidating to me, and so I'm drinking this beer that she brought over, and it tastes like beer fucking tragic (sighs) I do like the fish pattern though I'm a sucker for a cute alcohol pattern I'm a a sucker for alcohol and that's a problem for another time but uh, I'm a sucker for a cute bottle of alcohol I used to have a collection of alcohol bottles like decorating my high school bedroom And before I moved out, my sister peer pressured me into getting rid of them because she said that it was cringy and childish, and I miss them. I still miss them. Is that pathetic? 
Is that embarrassing? Maybe. Just tell me from an aesthetic standpoint. Are, are pretty bottles cringy? Hi. I also have to pee. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Ugh. I'm gonna like be breathing heavily. I took eight steps. <laughs> sexy and mysterious but also I cannot shut the fuck up <laughs> that is me title after title fully. of this episode yeah honestly <laughs> <laughs> me being like I'm just like I just want to be such a mystery to people also describing exactly what my vagina looks like <laughs> that's mysterious it is but it's just a you know you just get to go off my words it's like reading a book it's like is she lying it's like or not honestly guess I'll have to find out the equivalent to any of Haruki Murakami's writings about women I don't know. You're not familiar? No. Oh my god. It's very... What have they written? Um, oh, uh, Norwegian Wood, Kafka on the Shore. Oh. Um, 1Q84. Okay, yeah, I have heard of them, but I haven't read any of their stuff. Uh, it's really good. Like, I love it, but again, it's one of those things, like, it would end up on, like, r slash men writing women <laughs> type thing, because um, it's very much like the men are like, you know... They put on their tweed blazer and they have their hair slicked back and they have a brow furrowed and they have very sharp eyes and they're very, like, you know, studious and they have daddy issues. So you. Me, yes. <laughs> and then the women are described like, her supple breasts beneath her shirt. You so me. She has curves, but she was dressed so modestly and her hair <laughs> was pulled back and she had a nice jawline, but her nose was a little bit fucked up. So she was a little bit ugly, Ooh. but she was still beautiful. You, you know could what? Tell. I want to come back to the bisexuality thing because I have some questions on that. But mm. just as like a side note, my old boss—I don't know if I—I sh- I don't know if I'm comfortable co- like identifying who I'm talking about because maybe he'll listen and that makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, um, you can cut it out. You decide. He had a thing for ugly women. He called them homely. And it took me so long to figure out what homely meant. And it's just a word for ugly women I find attractive. Which is Hmm. problematic. Hmm. And when I say ugly, I mean like every person is beautiful. Every every person has beautiful features. Mm -hmm. But it's like... uh, societally yeah yeah. deviating from the standard of beauty yes yeah yeah. also dress in a more modest way or Mm. a way where or act in a way where they seem almost insecure Mm. so it's like he's attracted to like people who are like a little bit ugly and also know that they are yeah or think that they are yeah or i feel like people who don't see themselves as attractive often come off as less attractive yeah, but that's that's just my opinion. It's just like that's a that's a psychology thing. So it's I think objective beauty is like so it's not difficult to discern because it's been like ingrained into us from like so for so long. But like literally the one thing that I will always get, oh my god, 
I had like mad, mad body dysmorphia. I mean, mm. I know you struggle with the same thing too. Probably different for me though. But like, it's always come from other people's comments about me where I always get, you're so unconventionally attractive. What a f- <laughs> Like, what does that mean? That's a weird compliment. I get, you're so like, you're unconventionally beautiful. And I'm like, so I don't look like Bella Hadid? Or am I just ugly but in a hot way? That's I, weird. I don't understand. And then I'll also, I mean, I've just also always gotten mixed reviews. This is why I... I <laughs> mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. Because, <laughs> like, there'll be, there'll be things that I overhear, like, this one time at a bar, I was, like, just walking, minding my own business, like, walking back to my friend's table, and I heard these guys be like, oh my god, like, look at her, she's so hot, like, about me. Mm-hmm. And his friend go, oh no, I don't like big noses. Uh, and I, I was like... I don't know how to feel about myself anymore because I have one crowd that's like, oh, your nose is perfect for your face. And then me internalizing my mom's hatred her for her nose. Right. Being like, well, I have the same nose as my mom, so therefore I must also hate my nose. And then also people on the outside, like, I don't know, never, I never know what to think. One time a person did come up to me in the bar and just the first thing they said to me is, are you trans? <gasps> that's yeah. weird. It was like some like weird like Albertan dude too so I was like this is such a weird like I don't know how I look or how I am perceived by people and so like for the past year specifically that's what I've been like trying to focus on is like it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks you know who you are you know what you look like like you do Abby you really do and like thinking about the whole well thinking about how other people see me like ruins me like Mm. I it like absolutely crushes me I don't like to think about it and so all I have now is like myself and my own self-perception and like what to go off of as what to go off of. And so, yeah, no, I, I love myself. I think I'm beautiful. I think that I am attractive and I know because I attract beautiful and wonderful people into my life. And I mean, like, I honestly, I think that everybody is beautiful and I think definitely there's people that I see that I'm like, oh, well, if you change like these few, like you know, things about you, like, you would be perceived as more attractive, but it doesn't matter. Everybody's on their own journey. Mm. Anyways, I went on a big, long tangent for... No, I think that's a really valid way of thinking about it. I can relate to it somewhat. Mm -hmm. Um, The comments you've gotten feel weird to me. Like, I can see Mm -hmm. how getting comments like that would really fuck with you. Mm -hmm. I only got bad comments about myself like before my eating disorder Mm -hmm. and then in high school I got like massively depressed massive eating disorder quote-unquote glowed up Mm -hmm. almost killed myself and then I (laughs) and then I stopped having those problems yeah so uh problem solved yeah (laughs) (laughs) but so like Uh, so like my my fucked up viewpoint of myself isn't from other people's comments anymore mm -hmm. because I get positive reviews Mm -hmm. and those feel nice yeah but my body dysmorphia for me comes from like knowing how i present to other people Mm -hmm. and like how i can make myself more attractive to other people and using that but going home and like looking in the mirror and being like i still don't really recognize myself yeah that's fair i just i genuinely don't know what to think about myself ever i think it comes also from like 
we see ourselves mm-hmm. so many times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Not like, it's not like I'm like constantly looking at myself, but if I'm passing a reflective surface, I am going to look at myself, check my hair. Like I see myself in every selfie I take. I see myself, you know, reflected in the pictures my friends are taking. There's so many different weird perspectives and it's just this constant looking at yourself mm-hmm. that I think for me is what desensitized me to being able to perceive anything about myself. Yeah. Like, I really can't yeah. discern. Do you think, like, because for me, what has helped me immensely is genuinely, like, looking at myself in the mirror and just thinking, like, I'm beautiful. I like this about myself. I like this about myself. I like this about myself. I like my makeup. Like, I'm going to do my hair nice. Like, I don't know. Like, actually changing. Like, it. there's something to me that, like, I'm, like, it's kind of fake. Like, it doesn't really mean much if I'm just telling myself these things, but I don't actually feel it. But after a while, you start to feel it, or I've started to feel it. And, like, that's been the biggest thing is I feel like people could say those same things that they said to me, like, two, three years ago. And given two, three years ago, I looked a hell of a lot different from what I do now. Mm. I was not in a good place. I had gained a bunch of weight because of like medications I was on and like was super super depressed and had cut off all my hair because of an identity crisis and just like I clearly wasn't doing well and in that space I also received those comments but I feel like everything mixed together it just like made me internalize it and ever since then I've been like oh well that's that's how people perceive me as unconventionally attractive which isn't a bad thing I don't think it's hard to talk about like beauty norms and standards because like I don't know it all is so forced upon us like what is pretty and what is not and, yeah you know we can all decide that for ourselves and people will always love you and care about you no matter what you look like ideally so for sure yeah um the self-affirmations are a great idea and that really helped me mm-hmm. on my body journey but it hasn't helped me with my body dysmorphia mm-hmm. that's fair i guess like the thing is is there's it's softened the blow between what I think I look like and then how I actually look because you know it's like when you go out for a day and you aren't looking at yourself in the mirror like you don't have and you just like think that you look like something Mm. and then you'll like look in the mirror and you'll be like it used to be like such a genuine just like holy fuck like who is that like but doing that it has softened the blow eventually to not necessarily me being like, oh, I look exactly like how I think I look in my head, but <laughs> but like being like, you know what? That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. She's like, all right. And I don't care as much, mm-hmm. um, which has been helpful, I think. I don't know. It's such a weird thing. It's such a weird thing to try and deconstruct. Yeah. But. One of my big sister figures in my life, Robin, she practices body neutrality, mm. which is just like not seeing yourself as good or bad. Mm-hmm kind of thing like you have a body no perspective on it really though you eat when you need to eat or when you want to eat and um Mm -hmm. you like you exercise when you need to or want to like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff yeah and I'm glad that that works for her but I also don't think I could ever be I don't think I'd want to be body neutral yeah mentally like because you want to feel good at least like you know yeah like I personally would want I I like I have fun taking pride in my appearance. Yeah. I have fun yeah. doing my makeup, getting my hair done, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Things like that. 
I don't know if I'd want to give that up. Maybe I'm not. Also, Robin, if you're listening, let me know if I'm like speaking about it wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> I might be wrong about this because she only spoke to me about it like a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's fair. I don't know. I feel like I'm probably more in that body neutrality point where like I've stopped caring as much. Not necessarily in the way that like I've let myself go, but like I have never really been someone that likes to, you know, I mean, you, whenever I come over to your house, I'm literally dressed like a man. Like, <laughs> and I feel so bad that I make fun of you for it every time. No, it's fine. It's <laughs> it's not that I'm like, ah, ha, ha, you dress like a man. It's like, ooh, the Montreal fuckboy is no, here. I literally look like a Montreal fuckboy. And it's just because I like the way it looks. Like, that's another thing. That's a whole other, like, gender identity type thing. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel comfortable in the clothes. Like, um, and so, like, yeah, I just dress what makes me comfy. And, like, sometimes I do feel, like, you know, dressing up in something a little skin tight, a little bit more feminine. Like, putting on some really nice makeup. Like, going all out on my makeup. Like, I have photos on my Instagram of, like, me with, like, full makeup on. Mm-hmm. But it's so like far between that like that's not something I can rely on to like turn to like I I like how I look but I don't put a huge amount of pride in my appearance if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like what I'm what I've grown to become more focused on is whether or not I'm a kind person I think in like social situations because what I've come to realize as well as because of my anxiety I can come off as like a huge fucking bitch a lot of the time I mean, <laughs> we had an experience that you told me about, about me, like, swerving your hug in a oh show one time. <laughs> I don't even remember I Tia was, trying to hug we me. We were at a show for, I think Seth was performing, and um, it was you and a friend who were standing outside, and I think I talked to you over Instagram for a little bit. Oh this was God. before either of us moved to Montreal, so okay. we were at Edmonton. And we were at this show, and I was with Gwyn and Maya, mm-hmm. my two other cool girlfriends. Why do I have so many cool girls in my life? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Riddle me this. You but are a cool girl. That's why I got cool girls. By proxy. By proxy. Yeah. Um, and so I was with Gwyn and Maya, and Gwyn, I think, was closer to you. So mm-hmm. she was like, oh my gosh, hi. And she hugged you, and I, in my head, was like, oh, we're also friends. Because we <laughs> Because we speak. So I, like, went to ha- went to hug you, <coughs> and you were, like, n- you just did not... <laughs> didn't register. Didn't register at all, so I was, like, ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, like, all right. See, first of all, I don't even think I was drinking that night, so I, like, I can't even be, like, oh, my God, I was probably just so drunk I didn't realize. Yeah. I was probably just genuinely so filled with anxieties, because I feel like whenever I go to those shows, I always see someone that, like, genuinely just, like, sets me off, or I'm, like, don't want to be in the same room as this person yeah this is why i moved away from edmonton by the way um so this wouldn't happen but and then covid happened so it's like (laughs) it hasn't happened for like almost a year now yeah but like yeah it was being in the same room as like one specific person genuinely will just like i'll black out for pretty much the entire night just my anxiety is so bad so it's nice when people like will come up to me and like try and pull me away from that Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was probably just cruising on the suite like anxiety yeah. like brain shit. I'm also not like offended especially yeah. <laughs> now knowing that you have like I don't hug you when you come over to my house because mm. we've spoken about the fact mm-hmm. that you're not super comfortable with physical touch whereas mm-hmm. other people 
will be comforted by physical touch yeah. so you really have to like pay attention to what your friends are comfortable with and want yeah so some friends i hug every time i see them some friends i just literally never do exactly and i kind of figured you weren't really one of those people so thanks i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> i don't like being touched <laughs> and that's valid um i think there's different like i think our instead of a hug we just come in and we're like Oh, I'm so anxious. <laughs> God, I'm so sweaty right now. Yeah. <laughs> and crack a beer. And that's like, that's the intimacy. Which is okay. Yeah, see, I am a Montreal fuckboy. Really, <laughs> Literally. There's no other way. I'll come into your house, talk about how sweaty I am, crack a beer. And that's it. <laughs> and then I'm here. I'm here for the night. <laughs> yeah. About the bisexuality, what I wanted to talk about was... Um, my first, I, my first question was, what is it about having sex with women that scares you? Is it the idea that it's hard to make a woman come? Or is no. it... No? What is it? I genuinely, like, I think about it all the time. Like, you have <laughs> no idea. Um, like, I know I would be probably great in bed with a woman. Like, I have no self-confidence issues there. Um, it is the process of getting there and making the moves to get there that genuinely freaked me out. And it's because I still don't know my place, like, in that dynamic, whether I'm a person that pursues or am pursued. I don't know whether or not to make the first move or not. Like, and in, I honestly, in my ideal situation, like the girl that I'm with would make the moves first and kind of like guide me through my first time. Mm -hmm. So would you want to have sex with someone who's already had sex with a girl? Ideally, or at least someone who has that kind of like confidence and like dominance to them. And I understand that's like coming from kind of like a more like hetero perspective on my, like I just, I have that dynamic where the reason why I've kind of been with men is because they're the one, they're the initiators usually mm. in the situations. And I, I'm not saying that like I'm not dominant in bed at all because, you know, I uh, have my moments. Uh um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like starting things out, it kind of just like sets the tone, sets the pace for things and like. I mean, not that I have no say, but, like, I don't know. It's just something that I prefer because I, again, very anxious. And then another thing is I never, ever, ever want to assume that a woman wants to have sex with me. I never, ever, ever want to make a woman uncomfortable in the way that men have made me feel uncomfortable. Mm. And so the idea of pursuing a woman to me is, like, I mean, this is also, like, homophobia internalized homophobia for me where i'm like i don't want to be the predatory lesbian like archetype you mm. know like that's the last thing i want and i don't know i always i've gone on dates with girls i've talked to girls and like the thing is is like talking to women is also just a lot more difficult than talking to men like the amount of women that i, I have had good connections with um, that eventually just like stop talking to me and I'm like fair I do that to men all the time too and I'm like I know I'm not a man man I know I'm not a man I am not the men um, but like I don't know I feel like women are kind of like harder to crack whereas men are like so when should I come over should I bring a bottle of wine and I'm like yes please bring me wine bring your dick and then leave <laughs> like it's it's so simple for me that way but like with women I genuinely want it to be like a, like 
you are so precious, but also, like, rail me, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, it's, I know that it will happen when it's meant to happen. Um, and I mean, I'm in the place in my life where I'm not looking for anything right now. Like, I'm not on dating apps. Like, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, it, I can't just, like, you know, date around and see what fits. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know. It will happen when it happens. And that's how I'm just going to put it out there and leave it because I just, yeah, I don't want to go into it with the mission of, like, sleeping with a woman. Yeah. I want it to happen naturally. So. Speaking of it happening naturally, uh, Abigail's Instagram is, uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my Instagram is A-B-M-R-E. That's, like, it just spelt out. Uh, and so you can, uh, slide in. Slide into my DMs. It's the most you... natural way for it to happen right now. If you live in Montreal. Honestly, even if you don't live in Montreal, I have fallen in love with so many people so far away from me. I'm totally okay with that, too. <laughs> Um, I have no boundaries. I have no sense of uh, morals, so it's cool. All right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to end it. Yeah. yeah. Hi, editing Taya popping on here from weeks later to let you know that you're listening to part one of my interview with Abigail. It was just so long that I had to split it up. So part two is going to be coming out later. It's just as fun. We talk about uh, cuckolds, and we learn how to squirt, and um, we talk about how to not be so lonely, or at least how to not be afraid of being so lonely. So, as always, thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in next time. Bye!